Welcome to Athletes Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct. We've created a platform where we help alumni to network and connect through their affinity groups, uh, whether it be college alumni, whether it be business alumni associations, fraternities or sororities or athletes, and giving them a, an easy way to network and connect with each other. And this show, Athletes Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey, it's basically, we look to um, teach and inspire athletes that there is life after sports. There are a lot of challenges right now uh, when people do transition out of sports, whether it's mental health, financial literacy, uh, or just you know finding their way. And so we've come up with um, interviewing uh, collegiate athletes, uh, professional athletes, and just getting their idea about journey. We're really excited today to have Josh Copeland. And when we have Josh on here, th this guy is pretty dynamic in speaking. So it's hard for me, but I can learn a lot from him. How are you doing today? Oh, hey, how you doing, man? Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing, Rob, with, with the whole community aspect of it. And and I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get this thing going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, again, thanks for being on. So uh, Josh uh, played college football at uh, Buffalo University. or We, we talked about, was it Buffalo University or University of Buffalo? I was University of Buffalo. Okay. See, I, I he told me this beforehand. I forgot. I'm no, sorry. it's it's all good. It's it's all good, man. It's the same place. So that's right. It's it's same, same, same thing either way. So yes, uh, he played football at University of Buffalo, and then when he got out, mm -hmm. um, just working uh, with a lot of youth, doing uh, different types of tutoring programs. But ultimately, today he's a motivational speaker, and we'll talk all about that later. But I always like to start the show and, and ask, talk about playing sports growing up and how it helped to shape your life, kind of. Going from you know growing up through school uh, through sports, going into high school, and then ultimately to college. Yeah, yeah, I think man, sports plays a plays a big part, and it played a big part of my life. Um, I grow, I have four brothers uh, growing up, and so we all we're a big baseball family, and so as a way, kind of with, with five boys, as a way to keep us from fighting, you know, and getting us keep us out of trouble, my parents put us in sports, and so baseball was our first love, and we still talk about that to this day. We still follow the you know MLB, um, and then I gravitated to basketball and, and football. Um, so I played all three growing up and it was great. It was a way to, like I said, for one, keep us out of trouble. But then also sports teach you a lot of life lessons and a lot of how to handle adversity, how to, you know, be self-motivated, hard work, dedication. So it teaches you all these things. So it was great kind of and it molded me to like the person I am today. Because I think about things a little differently than I would say. And I didn't really notice this until I kind of got out of sports yeah. and I was working in the world. Like the way athletes think about things is a little differently than, let's say, the, the average person. Um, because we have to think about things in, in like, a, like a solution based way. Right. Right. So we so it's not like we don't focus a lot on the problems. We focus on what are the possible solutions and then kind of go about it that way. So I think it's a way of kind of reversing it. Um, and so I, I really learned. So I think about things a little differently, but it, it helped in a tremendous way, making me who I am. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I say that, too. I, I was a runner in, in high school and college mm -hmm. and uh, same thing. I mean, just all the, you know, the practice and just the preparation and just uh, all, all the different skills, you know, like you're mentioning that, the, you know, facing adversity and uh, you know, the leadership skills, uh, a mm -hmm. lot of things that athletes can bring to the table. So let's um, let's uh, talk about, I always ask this question. Yeah. Uh, when you're growing up, did you mm -hmm. dream of being a professional athlete? And if so, which sport? Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. And, and when I was like in elementary, it was baseball. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Uh, like I said, my family we were real big in baseball, and we were, we were pretty good. Um, and so, 
I would love to have been a major league baseball player. And then when I got to high school and started getting recruited for football, uh, I, I wanted to do both. I wanted to be Bo Jackson was my, my favorite base. <laughs> he was my favorite athlete. So I was like, man, yeah. Bo can do it. You know, Dion did it a little bit. So if those guys can play both, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to follow in that footsteps. So, yeah, but professional athletes all the way across the board, like baseball and football was definitely one. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I my, my running joke that everybody I, on each one of my podcasts, I say that I want to be major league baseball player, which I did. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't have the talent. <laughs> so I'm doing what I'm doing today, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 funny because like it, it's such a different level when you get to like that. And, and, and being good and being athletic and being good as a sport is not kind of like one thing. Yeah. But you got to have the mental game. You have to have and sometimes it's the right situation. You got to be in the right school. You got to be in the right high school. You got, So it's a lot of factors that go into just but obviously talent wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but it's, it's a little different factors that kind of go into that. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. So let's talk about college. One of the things um um, that we're we're really focusing on, uh, you know, again, talking about athletes transitioning ultimately out of sports, whether it's out of college or professionally. Um, were there things that they did uh, uh, at Buffalo when you were there uh, to kind of maybe like um, the curriculum, not just like a one class kind of thing, but helping athletes to see the bigger picture and, and kind of teaching them, you know, what it might look like afterwards? Did they do anything like that when you were there? Yeah, I think for when I was there, we did a lot with like, um, they had people come in and speak about, you know, careers afterwards and, and um, like, you know, helping you job interviews, like do mock job interviews, helping you develop a resume, things like that. And I think that's pretty standard from what I hear, like the different athletes I talk to. It's pretty standard across the board about kind of like what colleges offer like back then. Right. Now it's a little different. Kind of think NIL deals and people are talking more about the transition. So they're really talking about building a brand more now. But you know, back then I graduated college in 2011 was my last season. And even then it wasn't like that long ago in like the big scheme of things, but it was in like the athletic world. So, you know, like 10, 11 years is like a long time in athletic world. Um, and so I think things change, but yeah, now back then it was, it was a big talk on, you know, you're an athlete. A lot of companies love to hire athletes because like the things you're saying, you're a leader, you're, you can handle constructive criticism, you're, you're hardworking, you're dedicated. So a lot of those things, they kind of pushed, uh, you know, to kind of help you kind of develop who you are outside of, you know, sports. Yeah, that, that's good. And I think I think you're right. I think it's, it's changed. It's getting better now, but mm -hmm. um, a lot of the athletes I've talked to are just, it's just, it's, it's rough. I mean, I, whether it's a bandwidth issue with the schools or, I mean, they're focusing on the athletics, but you know, we want to help make an impact with that. I mean, we've talked about trying to go in athletic departments and, you know, I talked about it a little bit offline, but just to try to create additional curriculum to help these athletes out. Cause it's, it's such a, you know, a challenge and you know, you're dealing with it uh, all the time with talking to other athletes and all that. So um, one of the other areas um, that we also talk about is, um, is alumni engagement. Mm -hmm. And so um there's a real, I guess, well, it'll be a second question I'll ask you about networking, connecting, but yeah. when, when you were at uh, Buffalo and then let's say, we'll fast forward to today's too. So it's kind of a two-part question. Was there involvement with alumni coming back? And I don't mean just the typical golf tournaments, and, but mm -hmm. more like you were talking about the, the careers, like were alumni coming back and talking to the different athletes across the different sports about uh, different opportunities and, and ways to work together? 
No, not not a lot. Not not a whole lot. I mean, outside if you were a professional athlete, you know, you would obviously come back and talk about, you know, kind of what you, you know, be able to interact with the players, current players, and they ask you a bunch of questions. But that wasn't really like set up by the school. That was just them coming back, you know, and kind of hanging out in the locker room for the spring game or practices or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, not not a whole lot of like alumni came back that were kind of doing like everyday jobs. You know, that like like not and and I don't know. And obviously everybody's has their own schedule and everybody's working across the country. So it's kind of hard. But I would love to see something. And this is why I love what you do, because I would love to see something where like it's it's a community network and like there's stuff that people in like so current. You let's say University of Buffalo football players can connect with former players about what they're doing in their career, because, as you know, Right. Sports have 100 percent retirement rate. So everybody retires. So, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like like everybody retires at some point. And, and yeah. for the majority, 98, 99 percent of all athletes, it's it's they're not playing after college. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're not playing after college. And so there's a small percentage that go from high school to play college and are on all levels, you know, D1 through two, three, NAI, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, but as far as that, like connecting because sometimes like college is it like that's the end of the road for your competitive athletic career um and you're 24 yeah you know what i mean like 22 at the most yeah well now 24 but um you know with covid and all that but you're 22 to 25 and like you're kind of out into the real world and you have to use all these skills that you but you don't know how to use it and so um but no sorry i kind of went on a little roll there but but to answer your question (laughs) Now, to answer your question, no, they they really didn't do anything to bring like to get that engagement back. And that's one thing I wish that that they would do, not just at Buffalo, but across the board, like the whole NCAA kind of why. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. And I I think and it's even across all sports, because it could be Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's kind of what we talk about, like with with like our athlete community center where you know, you could be a former football player and you're interacting with the former baseball player, the tennis player, the golfer, the mm-hmm. sports. It's, you have that athlete DNA, you have that stuff in common, that common community. So you're kind of working together. And, and I've talked to, um, I was talking to one agent and it, it was kind of, it was crazy. Her, her uh, uh, athlete was player was um, in the NFL and he wanted to go back to his school and they kind of shunned it, which I, mm. I, I don't get. And I, I just, it, it's something that, um, you know, like talking about networking, connecting, uh, we we're talking to one agent and he said the best time to network and connect is when you're still playing. But yes. most people don't because either they got that tunnel vision or they're mm-hmm. not thinking about it, or don't know how to do it. So, um, yeah, talk a little more about that from your perspective. Yeah, I, I think I think that's spot on. I think um, as as a current or when you're playing, you're kind of so focused on being the best athlete you can be that you kind of have blinders on to all the other avenues and things and I, like so i think now it's changing because of nil and so like you're, you're trying to develop a brand and a right. lot of schools talk about brands and part of branding is networking and like your social media presence and things like that so i think athletes now are a little bit more conscious of kind of the networking the importance of it because you want to get brand deals right you want right. to be an ambassador for some, so you have to work on networking there as a current athlete but yeah but back then even five years ago uh it was it was you're so focused on sports and trying to be the best so you're not acknowledging everything around you and, and not maximizing the opportunity of being 
at the privilege of being a collegiate athlete and everything that comes with it, right? Whether it's alumni engagement, whether it's the community around you getting involved there. Um, it's, it's a lot of times you kind of miss the opportunity to kind of set yourself up for when sports end as a current athlete, cause you're just not thinking about it. Right. And the school and the school is not really pushing on a major way, how do you develop these skills and how do you transition to life after sports? Because they kind of like, it just ends, right. right? It's just like, it's like you do this thing and it, whether you play the sports from when you was five, six years old as a kid. And then right when you graduate, it just stops. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Or when, or not even when you graduate, when your final game of the season, yeah, it just, it literally stops. And now you're kind of in the same year. You have the same mindset. You're in this new world that you've never been in. And you don't really think about connecting until like you, you need a job. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, like the professor and you're like, oh, snap, let me call anybody I can. That was, you know, from University of Buffalo, whatever school you went to. Right. And, and, and if you can do that earlier, um, you can set those things up to have things in position when you're done, because like, one of the biggest misconceptions and one of the things I hated, even as an athlete, it never really set well with me. But now, like in the world I'm in, I I, I, I challenge people when they say this, um, that like, you know, you, you don't want to have a plan B because it takes away from plan A. Right. Like, like you know, they tell everybody you don't want to have a plan B because it, it's going to take your focus away and all that. But I challenge it and I tell athletes all the time, I say, what happens when plan A runs its course? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like what happens when you do achieve everything you want to achieve? What happens then? What happens when you're, let's say you make it professional and the average NFL career is like three and a half years. So let's say you make it NFL in, in football case, you make it there and you play three and a half years. You made, uh, let's say $2 million or whatever the case may be. I'm just throwing out a number. Right. Um, and now you're 25 and now you're out of the league. Cause that's the average, right? 25, yeah. 26 yeah. You're out of it. So now you have another 60 years of living <laughs> you know what I mean? And like yeah. that you haven't really prepared for at all. So now you're scrambling. And a lot of athletes, when they get done, they feel like they're, they're a step behind everybody else. Right. Because think, like you, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just before I forget, sorry to interrupt you. There. Yeah. What um do you think it would make a difference in if would athletes pay attention and now you're even younger, but like in high school, mm -hmm. like if, if there were programs and obviously the parents would be involved too, where they can maybe start helping, at least putting it somewhere in their mind so that now, if it again is brought up to me, even though they have the blinders on in college and then ultimately professionally, then maybe it would make an impact if they start were taught a little bit earlier. Like, do you think you as an athlete, would have you potentially listened at least in the back of your mind or? Mm, that's a hard one because I, and I speak to high school athletes all the time and, and some of them don't listen. And you know what I mean? But I think I think the heart is the it's you're not kind of telling them for now. You're telling them so they would know when it happens down the line. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like so obviously, yeah. So like I, I probably wouldn't have listened because as an athlete, like you're like, I'm going to be that one percent. Yeah. So it's like hey, whatever you're talking about is for everybody else. Like I'm 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 the one percent that's going to make it, especially if you're if you're if you're anywhere decent and you're getting looked at by any right. college, you're like, yeah, no, I'm going, you're thinking past college. I'm going straight to the pros. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like college is just like what you have to do, right. you know, in the athlete's mind. So like your mindset is like, all right, I'm, I'm already in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm already counting my money. I already know what I'm going to buy stuff like that. Um, but I, I think I would, I think if they had a program where in the curriculum, 
right. where they forced the college or high school athletes to take a course right. on life after sports because now it's a course and so you can you can test them on different things but now you're forcing them it's it's in front of them all the time you know what i'm saying even yeah. if they don't want to it's in front of them so now you you are providing a curriculum in place even if it's for a four week you know a month you know they can right. meet you or a semester whatever it is right uh, now now they're forced to do it yeah and then now, and in like, as opposed to just a one-time thing with somebody coming in talking about life after sports, now you're forcing them. Right. And whenever it happens, now they're like, oh man, I took a class on this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I, at least, they at least told me something. And so yeah. I think, I think that'd be, you know, to answer your question, I think it would help out a lot. Yeah. I think it's, um, that's a great point. I, I, and you know, it's a great idea too, as we talk about approaching schools with, in their athletic departments, because mm-hmm. um, it's the repetition. So you're right. Like, I think even if they're, you know, they're so focused on the sport, but if they have to take it as a class and they're taking it, you know, over a semester's time and maybe there's a intro to it. And then there's like, maybe there's a, a round two that they take maybe, maybe one in the beginning, one later in their collegiate years. Cause I guess all that, the 1% or a 10th of a percent that makes it the other 99%, think that they're going to be that in that 10th percent so everybody's not yeah. paying attention right 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 and and i think you're right and i think if you do it you know you're forcing them to think about life after sports right and if you force them to do it let's say like you have a project of okay what do you want to do when you're when you're out like how do you create an llc what's the ein number how do you create a business if that's what you want to do you know or how do you what are steps you need to become a lawyer if that's what you want to do so so like literally forcing them to map out their life outside of sports in a classroom setting yeah i think that would be huge because once they leave the classroom they're not thinking about it right and, and he, I hear all the athletes all the time. Well, I don't have time. Well, you kind of do, but I get it, you know, time management. But yeah. you're like, I don't have time to think about this. But if you actually have it as a class yeah. and force the athletes, kind of like first year experience, right? Where like they force all the athletes or not all the athletes, but like the whole newcomers to the school to take this first year experience class where it teaches them about the school and all that. Like, you know, yeah. you could do that for athletes and force them to do that. And now that will take the onus off the university. So athletes can't come back and say, well, you didn't teach us this. You know what I'm saying? It kind of, it kind of makes it all kind of easier in that transition. Oh, for sure. So you heard it here first, Josh and Josh and I are going to create this awesome curriculum. Oh yeah. We're taking it all yeah. over the place. <laughs> hey, yeah. We're going to we'll shop it. We're going to shop it to schools. Cause I think, and I think, I think that that's one thing, like if, if, you know, if you do it and all, like, I know we're joking, but like in all seriousness, if you do no. it, it's, I think schools will, will pick up on it because that's something that they don't have to, to think about. Right. And, and part of it, I think also just, you know, especially when you can bring in like guest speakers of just hundred people yeah. you know, in that mental health space or the financial literacy and all that, that definitely helps out. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, I think there'd be some real good things with that. Um, talk a little bit about, you mentioned it briefly, but um, NIL name, image, likeness, kind of give me your mm-hmm. thoughts, positive and negatives. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's kind of, I don't say like the wild West right now, like everybody like you're just trying to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to figure it out, but I love it because it's taking, it's making athletes think about the brand a lot earlier. Right. Um, and also it's now it's making partnerships. Cause I mean, like, I, like I said, I went to Buffalo. We, were, we wasn't the major D one school. You know what I mean? Like, like we didn't like, 
we wasn't really getting partners and things like that. Like the, the amount of money you're getting your school paid for, you're getting a little monthly stipend to take care of your rent if you live off campus. But that was about the extent of it. So like you still struggled as a college athlete it across the board because you still like you couldn't work. You know what I mean? So like 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 you couldn't really get you can get a summer internship, but even you had still had to work out. Um, and so like you're you're behind when you graduate as far as working in business experience because you just don't have any. Yeah. And so and and but whereas the regular college student, they can take a full schedule and then they can work as well and make some income. You know what I mean yeah. on the side. So I, I love the fact that that now you can kind of take ownership of it and you can make some money um, and kind of build your own brand because it's going to help for that ninety nine percent that don't make it. Yeah, they at least have some money that they made in college, and then it helps build that afterwards, right? Obviously with social media followings. Right. Um, but what I would say, uh, if one thing I wish they would do, and this is just me personally, I know this is not going to happen, but this is just my my personal thoughts, um, is put a cap on how much they can make that they can earn each year right? and put the rest into an account for when they're done playing. So they still have access to the money, right. but now it's like, okay, when you graduate here or when you're done or when you leave the school, you have, you, you, let's say if you sign a 30 million, I mean, a $30,000 deal with some right. school, right? They give you $30,000 a year. Okay, cool. Let's, let's take 20 of that and you can play with it. We're putting 10 each year into an account that's going to be for you when you leave the school, you still have access. So, so now you're not only helping them now, but then you're also providing a safe haven and, and yeah. a cushion for when they're done to figure things out. Um, so that's what I wish they would do. Um, but everybody thinks NIL, though, you think of all the major D1 schools where they're getting six, seven figures. That's not the case for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like some people... Yeah, yeah. Some people are getting like clothing deals with the brand and just getting some free clothes and that's fine. You know, so it's, yeah. it's not it's not as the possibility is there, but not everybody across the board is getting that fifty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollar deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's kind of like making it more glamorous. I mean, and I like what you're talking about. It's almost like creating a trust account. Uh, yes. For these people. And I get it's. I think it's great too. I think the the some of the things that I've heard from the negative side of it, and and I always say too, this is like young people in general, but just knowing how to, you know, you've got this windfall of money, let's say coming in, and how to manage it. Hey, you got to pay taxes on it. You got to do. Mm-hmm. And somebody was telling me a story, kind of sad. There was one athlete, uh, you know, they got a deal, maybe like a thirty thousand dollar deal, and you know, so the athlete and their friends and his friends kind of, you know, blew it out. And then ultimately he lost his scholarship because he, he had a scholarship, but he lost it because he made that extra money. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, and now all of a sudden, because they spent all the money, now they spent the money, there's no scholarship. So I, I guess there's a, a certainly a need for education on it, uh, you know, of teaching the athletes, um, even at the high school level, because that's kind of, you know, where it's all starting now too. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's perfect. I think now, because now what, what, what you're taking is you're taking, a professional athlete mindset, because in my, in prefer, you have to manage all this money that you're getting endorsement deals and things like that. Right. Um, and, or your salary. And now you're taking that mindset and you're expecting an 18 year old person, 19, 20 years old to do that on a college campus. 
Right. Right. Like, like, like you're, you're just around college students as a professional athlete, you get money and you're around professional athletes. So like you can kind of learn how to manage your money if you pay attention and, and they don't even do that good job of it. Your first contract because right. you're so young and you get millions yeah. of dollars. Right. So, so, but you're, you, you, you could be around vets that help you out with, you know, how to manage your money and give you a good bookkeeper, you know, things like that. But yeah. in college, you, you, you're just around college students and you're like, man, I'm getting 30 grand on top of my scholarship. Of course, I'm going to go buy shoes. Of course, I'm going to blow it. Of yeah. course, I'm going to go buy a car because it's like, I'm, what else am I going to do? So yeah. so I think the education piece is key. And you're right. Started in high school because now when they get the deal, they'll kind of have some things in place. Right. Yeah, no, de definitely. So. Let's talk about um, transitioning out of sports. And so I want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about like your transition out of sports. Like, you know, once it was over, you know, after all those years of playing all the sports and football, now you got to go into the real world, so to speak. So talk a little bit about that. And then kind of a follow up to that would be maybe giving some advice too of, of, of how to kind of handle that. Yeah. Um, I, th I Everybody's different when they like transition out. Um, but for me, I, I really struggled. Um, because my whole identity was tied up in the, like who I was as an athlete because I played it for so long. Yeah. Um, and everybody that I met from when I was like six years old to 25 outside of like my family, um, I met through sports. So like this whole community around me and the people that I was meeting with, I met through sports. And so that became who I was. And I didn't know that I even had to develop me as a person outside of sports, because like I said, my whole world in your whole world was sports. So it was very difficult for me um, to transition out of it uh, mentally. And I did a lot with mental health. So like I, I kind of battled depression, and anxiety my whole life. Um, but sports was a good way to kind of, I won't say cover it up, but it was a good coping mechanism because if I'm tired, I go, you know, I can work out or if I'm frustrated, I can go tackle somebody, you know what I mean? Or if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I, time alone i can go lock myself in the gym and shoot or lock myself in the batting cages so there's there's these built-in mechanisms that when you're stressed out and you have real bad anxiety you can kind of go to and kind of ease your mind right. and when you're done um those things are kind of you're kind of lost because you don't have the structure of a practice a school the teammates, you don't have the the camaraderie with your teammates anymore. So you kind of just, you're kind of in this world for so long and then right. it just stops like we yeah. talked about earlier. And then now you're kind of figuring it out without the hope, the help of coaches, without the help of your teammates, without people who are kind of like-minded and going through the same things. So I moved back home and I felt like I was the only one going through the th stuff I was going through. And so it was very, very difficult for me to kind of figure out my way and um, I was, I started abusing alcohol as a way to kind of cope with the things I was going through. And I was never a drinker. Um, so I didn't, I was always the designated driver. I didn't have my first <laughs> sip of alcohol until I was 24. Yeah, you so I was, <laughs> yeah, it's right. So, so I was like the designated driver and I, so, but when I was done and I was completely lost, I was searching yeah. And I didn't want to address the certain insecurities and feelings and things that's like the embarrassment, the shame of not going to NFL kind of thing. And I didn't want to address that. So by being drunk, I didn't have those feelings and I was numbing myself. And so um, I, I was like a functioning alcoholic for, let's say, two, two, three years when I was like just drunk every day, all day. Um, 
And that affected me. Like I couldn't really keep a job and I had a college degree, but I couldn't keep a job. I was bouncing around, which made it even worse because now like I, for the first time in my life, like I felt like I was failing and I never really experienced that because sports, you have adversity, but like you, you can battle through it and there's a reward at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like, okay, or or you have instant feedback. It's like, oh, if I didn't play well this game, I know exactly what I need to do, and I get another chance next week, or I get another season, right. you know, to to fix the wrongs, and so you can constantly work on. But when you're kind of just out there in the world and you're kind of kind of free falling, if you will, um, you got to figure it out, and that's a very difficult thing to do. So I I really struggle with that transition, um, and and it was so my advice to athletes would be to like we was talking about figure out who you are outside of sports yeah like like, like that, that when i speak to athletes all the time i say who are you if all this were to disappear because one day it's going to yeah so who are you if if this was a disappear today what would you do Got and then that's good yeah yeah. And, and now, but it just gets some thinking because it's like, okay, well, I was like, and now try things. I said, the beauty of current being an athlete now is like, this is not what your full-time gig is. So you, you have the freedom, you know, not, not, not sports because sports is your full-time gig, but like trying and expressing and exploring and experimenting and what you like, that's not, that's a hobby. So now experiment in all the hobbies you want to do and what piques your interest. And then when you're done, you have three or four hobbies that you're like, oh, maybe I can, I like to make a career out of these. So now you are at least have piqued your interest into what you want to do outside of sports. And it's not just like smacking you in the face when you're done and you're like, I have no clue. I never thought about it. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. And I think it's, um, that's great. You're like having a plan. You talked before about plan B and then even, um, yeah, so one of the recent uh, shows we did, the person just talked about find what you're passionate about, which just kind 100%. of resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard because like, as a current athlete, you're like, well, I'm passionate about sports and you're like, you are right. And, and, and you are, and I get it. Right. So um, I, I just tell them, I always say, if, if it was to stop today, if you walked out of this room and you couldn't play sports anymore, what would you do? And then that gets them thinking about, okay, well, shoot, I guess I would, if I like video games, I would try to make a, okay, create a video games. Okay, that's fine. So now write down these, your top five things you would do if sports ended today. And then figure out a way to kind of learn more about those while you're still playing. Yeah. Because now you're kind of experimenting on somebody else's dollar. You know what I mean? Like, like you're kind of experimenting on somebody else. So now you can figure it out. So when you're done, because if you wait three or four years to when you're done and now you're trying to figure it out, now you're experimenting on your own dollar because now you're, you're not really getting a job. You're not really getting a career field. Now your career changing and, and all that is just opportunity and money. Right. And so that you're kind of, so now try to learn as much as you can on somebody else's dollar so that way, when it's on your own, when you're out there, you have an easier transition and you're not wasting a lot of money trying to figure it out. Yeah. No, I mean, you, the key, the, the key word just said while you're still playing. <laughs> wow. It's, it's you have to while you're still playing because yeah. everybody has an off season. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, even, even if I understand not during season, but even in the off season in spring ball, we had we, we practiced three days a week in, in the spring. So that's two days a week or we're during the weekday, but that's 
three or four days during the week where like you can kind of figure things out. Right. And so now you got to manage your time. So I, I always tell them it's it's so important to, to think about it while you're playing. Right. And it won't and it won't take away from how much you put into your sports. I tell people, I mean, it's it won't. And that's the biggest fear is that oh, if I do this, I would lose focus. No, um, because I tell people I, I was talking to a, a, a university about a couple of weeks ago um, and I was talking to athletes and I told her, I said, you know what? If you get a regular job, you're putting into a 401k. Somebody, if you have a salary position, you're putting into a retirement plan, right? And I was like, that's that's standard, right? If you have a salary position, uh, you, you're standard. And now, now if you have your own business, that's different. But like standard across the board, right? You you have a retirement plan where you put in money every two weeks. Your your company matches it, and it goes into an account, and that's an account for when you stop playing or when you stop working. Right. I was like, now you put into that every week, every two weeks, every time you get paid, but it doesn't affect how you go about your day on a daily basis. You know what I mean? No matter how much yeah. money you put in it, it doesn't change how how much, how dedicated you are to your job. It doesn't change your daily responsibilities. It doesn't change how you show up or what you do. It's just a cushion. And so I tell, I said, think about now preparing for when you retire. And I think, I think when you put it like, you know, as we're going to retire, that's a little easier to pill to swallow than like you're going to get cut and nobody, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, or nobody's going to call you the agent. Like, that's an easier pill to swallow. Like, sometimes you're forced into retirement and sometimes you can walk away. Very few people get to walk away on their own terms. A lot, majority of people are forced into early retirement as sports. Yeah, I, I like the, looking at it that way too. You're right, because it's, it's not your you're going to have to retire at some point. So, and I like that analogy of just, you know, you're kind of putting money away. So here it's like, as you're playing, you're kind of, kind of banking your thoughts, ideas, passions, hobbies, everything kind of putting together so that now you can go to the bank and withdraw when you're out in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, I mean, it doesn't, it could be something like you have a journal of just things you like to do, just something right. Yeah. That you can look back on and it doesn't have to take much time. So that that's kind of what I push. But I think that, like, like you said, the important thing is to do it while you're playing. Right. Right. And then utilize all the resources that are there. Yeah, definitely. So let's, um, you know, you started, uh, I guess once you're out now and you're going through some different things, but then you started mm -hmm. working with, uh, with kids, talk a little bit about that. And then ultimately, you know, share uh, what you're doing today with your motivational speaking. Yeah. So I think um, I, I fell into the career that, that I had. I used to work at a community college for a trio program and trio is just a bunch of grant funded positions by the U S department. And they're, they're geared towards helping first generation, let's say low income at risk demographic of students. So it's a lot of inner city, a lot of rural areas <laughs> that these high schools are, you know, these community colleges or centers are getting these funds to kind of put a program. So I would work in with, with five or six inner city schools. Um, and we would do like tutoring after school, tutoring, helping with ACT prep, things like that. And that came at a time when I was completely lost. So we talk about find your purpose, find your passion. I kind of, it, it helped me because I, I was able to help students and, and, as I was struggling. So it helped me to help them, you know, cause I had to keep showing up for them every day, regardless yeah. of what I had going on. So it kept me kind of 
you know, get my mind kind of in the right spot because I had to go and help them. So um, that that truly helped. And that's why I tell people when I talk to students, you, you have to find sometimes you got to you fall into kind of a career path by trying different stuff. Yeah. And being open minded to try different things. And, and when you're when you're an athlete, it's it's you know, it's NFL or professional athlete or bust. Yeah. You know, like high school kids now is like D1 or bust. It's like, no, there's a whole other world out there that you can still be involved in the sport, still play it, still participate at a high level. It's just not what you think it is. Right. Um, and, and and so, yeah, so I, I bounced around from job to job. And before I got, you know, at, at the community college and um, I, like I said, I really struggled and and I had three things that happened to me and I and I just kind of briefly kind of describe them for you so for second time but uh I, I was a bus boy at a restaurant prior to me working at the community college so let me backtrack a little bit so I was at the college I kind of bounced around and I became a bus boy at a restaurant um and I was really humbling because now I'm in, back in my hometown and my hometown is not the biggest home it's not small but it's, it's one high school right in one middle school. So like everybody knows everybody. Right. You know what I mean? And like I have four brothers. So everybody knew my family. And so I'm working as a bus boy at this restaurant and I'm busting the tables of the parents who I went to school with their kids. I'm busting the table of my classmates. I'm busting the tables of high school kids who was in middle school and they watched me play. And so it was really humbling experience to kind of be I don't want to say at the top of the world, but like right. everybody was kind of looking up to you, and then now like you're busting that table. Yeah, and it's like it's like a I don't want to say fall from grace, but it is a humbling experience when kind of like you're kind of grabbing their food and the trash off the table, and like you was on ESPN right. a year prior. You know what I'm saying? Like two years yeah. prior, so it's humbling. Um, another thing that kind of go along with that, like as I was doing that, I was really going down the downward spiral. So I was drinking, like I said, a lot. And uh, I got a DUI going home one day from, from a bar. Um, and I thought I knew all the local cops. So I was like, man, this is a local cop. Like I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, like they're going to walk me home. I'm a mile from my house, the local cops. And it was a state trooper. So I had a DUI. Um, and that, that hit me because now I lost my license. And so now it's just a downward spiral of feeling a shame and embarrassment because like, I, I know I didn't drink. And so the depression's kicking in even more. Anxiety's kicking in even more. With alcohol, I start gaining weight. So now I'm embarrassed of how I look, as well as embarrassed that I'm not in the NFL, as well as all these things that I'm dealing with mentally. So it's a lot of factors that just kept on piling on that I didn't know how to deal with or address. Um, and the last thing that kind of changed it for me, I had a real bad panic attack one day. Um, I was smoking and drinking and doing some other stuff and, and it just was all new to my body. I had, and my body didn't know how to deal with all these different outside substances coming in and messing up my balance. Right. And, and so, um, one night, uh, we went out and it's kind of, I laugh at it now, but at the time it wasn't, you know, (laughs) but I was drunk, I was high and, and my friend gave me an edible because like weed and the THC kind of made me paranoid. And so we're going out to the bar. He's like, hey, man, like we're we're going to try to, you know, meet some meet some ladies like you need to calm down. You're kind of paranoid. You're kind of scaring everybody away. Here goes the edible. Um, And so he gave me edible and he was like, don't eat the whole thing, no. And so but I was drunk and I was high. So I ate the whole thing. And so now I'm I'm high, like a head high. I'm, I'm got a body high with the edibles and I'm drunk. And so we're driving home and like. I just remember a, a strange feeling in the car. I was like, 
this this ain't good. Like right. I just felt something. I was like, I don't know what it is, but I've never felt like this. And I don't like how I'm feeling. Yeah. And we get back to my friend's house and watching the movie The Matrix. And that's probably the worst movie <laughs> that you can watch in this circle, in the situation I was in. And so we're watching The Matrix and there's this uh, this scene with like this metal octopus looking thing is like attacking a mothership. And um, and I saw the metal thing like crawl out the TV. And I was like, oh, this is not good. I was like, I, oh, this is not good. This, yeah. this, this is That's not so good. scary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so and so now then it starts crawling faster at me. So now I'm freaking out and I get up and I'm running out of the house. And I live in Ohio and it was January. So it's like cold. And I'm running down this college campus in a full-fledged panic attack because I think these metal things are coming to get me. Yeah. And so, and it just, I mean, it was just kind of like a, a perfect storm of all the substances I had in my body, all the stuff I was feeling like myself, the embarrassment, everything just kind of came to a head in that moment. And I thought this thing was coming for me. So like, I'm freaking out, full-fledged panic attack, don't know who to call. You know, it's just, it's just a real bad situation because of, I wasn't willing to accept and address the fact that this is where I am now. Right. So right. I was trying to do things to kind of hide the fact that I was going through a lot of this stuff. So um, just a long story short. So I kind of woke up from that and and uh, and I was like, I, I have to I had to do stuff for myself now. Um, and so that's when I, you know, I started working at the community college and and started at the same time I was doing that. And so it was kind of helping me kind of come out of the the the, the depth of depression that I was in. Um, and I tell people when I speak, because uh, I, I had to really do stuff and I had to be selfish in a moment because I had to figure out who I was. I had to figure out what I wanted to do. I had to, in the moment, I was always the designated driver. In the moment I needed somebody, nobody was there. Yeah. And as and a lot of times, like the who who's the helper, nobody helps the helper because everybody, they're the helper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody expects them to help people. Nobody expects yeah. the helper to need help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, you're always there situation. for people. Yeah, in some situations, right? And so, and, and it's a tough situation to be in. So I tell people this, I tell people there are moments in life when you have to be selfish so you can be selfless. Yeah. No, and, 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 and that's why I advise every athlete, be selfish in your high school and college years. And it's not saying like, I'm always right. It's saying, no, I need to right. do what I need to do to secure my future so then I can help my family. So then I can help my cousins. So then I can help the people coming behind me because I figured out who I was and what I needed to do. And, and I did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's good. I mean, that definitely great advice there. So, um, so now you're a motivational speaker. So talk a little bit about that and how people can find you. Yeah. So I do motivational speaking now and I, do, I talk a lot about mental health and, and purpose and being the best version of yourself. And I work a lot with high schools, with colleges, with athletes, I do professional development um, because I think everything revolves around how you are as a person and how you view yourself and also becoming the best version of yourself mentally will allow you to be the best version of yourself physically will allow you to be the best version of yourself as an employee, an employer, a boss, a spouse, a husband, a wife, you know what I mean? Like, so when you're, when you can be the best version of yourself for yourself, then it trickles out in every aspect and every facet of your life. So that's what I work to do. Um, you can find me on, on Instagram at learn to cope, learn 
the number two, and then cope, C-O-P-E. That is my business. Um, I, I talk about learning to cope um, is what I do. Facebook, same thing, learning to cope. Uh, my website um, is joshcopelandspeaks.com. That's my website. You can find me all there. Yeah, that, that's great. And we'll put it all in the show notes too. I mean, this this has been great. I mean, I think um, you hit a lot of a lot of really good points throughout. And, I, and you know, we're hoping to to more and more to get this out there to to impact the athletes. I mean, it, you know, one at a time, whatever it takes. But it, it sounds like you're doing a great job when you're talking to the different um, you know students at the schools. Uh, that's that's something that's really important and, and a need for uh, mental health because there's just so many you know sad stories you hear out there. So if we can start turning this around and make a positive impact, uh, you can find us on alumnidirect.com. Uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook, Instagram, and follow the show, uh, Athletes, Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. We're on all podcast networks and also on YouTube. Uh, this has been great, Josh. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to having more conversations. Yeah, Rob, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I love what you're doing with Alumni Direct, man. I, I truly do. And and Athletes, Entrepreneurs, I, I love everything that you stand for because it's 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 extremely like it's needed yeah. and, and a platform where athletes come and be vulnerable, share their stories and connect with other athletes because at, athletes all go through similar things just at different times. Yeah. When you talk about when you talk about transitioning out of sports. Right. And so it's, you, you're going to be there for whenever that athlete needs you. And it can't say at two years you'll need it when you're five. I, I speak a lot and people are 45 and they haven't mm-hmm. played in 20 years and they got a family and they and they just they just this is stuff that I never really addressed. So by you addressing this is huge. So, yeah, everybody go follow go follow Rob and, and definitely subscribe and look and I'll do my part to push it out on my social media. Uh, I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Rob, man.